Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Grab out your note sheet and let's jump right into today's sermon. Awesome. Are you guys going to have a seat? We're going to get into groups real quick. If you're new to this, we like to uh, have a dialogue before there's a monologue. And so it's great to get to know each other and hear each other's opinions. So we'll be doing that in just a a second. Uh, Thank you for being here. We are, again, it's not like a third or fourth week inside. And so we're super excited, one year outside. And now we're working on starting on time. So if you're used to like, hey, you guys have been, you guys have been super casual. We're becoming a legit church. I know, it's amazing. So, um, so if you could begin to, the, the 10 o'clock is the official time, begin to uh, work towards that. During the, the pandemic, lockdown, all that kind of stuff, we were like, start at 10, but we wouldn't start until 10.30. And some of you minglers like that, but we got to... Tighten it up so you can get here a little early, start catching up on everything. Um, but before we get going, just want to uh, remind you a few things going on. Uh, but connection groups started this last week. How many guys are in connection groups? Great, great time. Uh, Wednesday night and a Thursday night. Uh, if you're not in a connection group, uh, the Thursday night group is full. We're packed. We got 18 people on that. So if anyone drops, I'll let you know. Wednesday group, we do have a couple more uh, spots for that, but we're having a great time. And so if you want to sign up for that, um, Wednesday night is right now the only option for you. Uh, Also, just let you know, October is going to be busy. We have uh, a Mexico trip. We're heading down to the the Tijuana Christian uh, Mission. And so we partner with them. And so we work with the kids and the teenagers. Kids are for October. We're going to make uh, I don't know if we're going to make nachos or something like that. They're going to request and we're going to cook it for them. And then we just get to play games and have fun with them. And they love it. Uh, the missionaries down there love it. And the orphanage is just top notch. Uh, just so you know, we're going to be also uh, giving you a heads up on how to uh, give. Um, they are working on a women's battered shelter, uh, which is uh, super important. There's not a lot of them and they need it. It's going to be three levels. Uh, I think they need around 20, 30 grand. And so we're going to give some as a church. Uh, off of your generosity. And if you want to give extra, I'd love to be able to tell them you can finish it off and it's on us. So we're going to give you a heads up. So if you're spending money right now, start saving it. Uh, go to Starbucks a little bit less, but uh, we'd love to love on them and help them finish. They're not done yet. So that's kind of what one of the things we're working on as a church. And then also uh, around Halloween, I think the Sunday before, I don't know when Halloween is, but um, we're going to do, is it on Sunday? We're doing a, like a fall festival thing. If you've never been a part of it at Access Church, we're a little weird. Uh, and so you need to jump in. So don't be bashful, but we like to dress up on Sunday. And I know you're like, isn't that sacrilegious? Like it's church, you should be holy and and dress up and fix the hair, but we get down with it. So if you don't wear anything weird, you're going to be the weird one, just a heads up. So we'll let you know, it gets the kids involved. We'll have all kinds of crazy things going on for the kids and uh, it's going to be fun. So that's, that's kind of October. Also, we are working on some business cards. We've had a lot of requests and door hangers since we're talking through acts and outreach oriented. It'd be great to be able to give someone a card or something like that. And then um, also we've done these things after church where we just put on these little door hangers. We're making them right now, work on the design. We're working hard on that. We'll get that out to you uh, and get those in your pocket. So just a heads up on that. Jesus, thank you so much um, that you are a God that is supernatural. Otherwise you'd be just like us. And, and I, I'm, it's good to know that our God is powerful because we are not powerful. We are weak. We get sick. We die. We don't have a lot of knowledge. We don't know how to do relationships. We think we're smart. We, then we get things wrong. 
We have all kinds of hypotheses, but you have all knowledge, all wisdom, all power. And that's why we follow you. And most of all, we follow you because of your love, which is your greatest power. God, today's formational for our church because the supernatural, uh, some of us come and we're fearful of it. And others of us, we put our faith in the supernatural, not in you. And so we need to walk a line, Lord, that you want us to walk with that. Give us wisdom, but also give us where we have no fear. Praise your name, Jesus. Amen. Uh, Acts chapter 2 is where we're in today. Uh, we're going through the book of Acts for several months, pretty much until Easter next year. Uh, our church, just so you know, is we are um, on a journey to really uh, move outside of ourselves, that, that we want God to move through us to connect people who are disconnected from church or God, either or. If someone says they're a Christian, but they're not going to church, or let's say they're a Christian, but they feel very disconnected from God. We're not trying to figure out if someone's a Christian or not. That's not our job. That's God's job. We're just trying to fill out, uh, figure out, are you connected or disconnected? And we would love to bring you in. We're in a season where we want all of us to participate. This is not an event. This is not a project. This is a lifestyle. But also what we believe as a church is God has to rewire us. This doesn't come natural. It's not a one-week thing, boom, then we move on. And so we're in a season of letting kind of God's heart for people who are disconnected from him. We're letting that kind of just marinate in our souls. And so last week we talked about that that's what the disciples did in Acts 1. Uh, Jesus said, hey, don't do anything. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when it comes to outreach, we got to stop and just pray and think because God has to rewire us. He has to work in us before he can move through us. And so this last week, we kind of talked about that. Maybe God needs to change some fears. We have some emotions. Maybe he needs to change the way we look at people rather than them being a distraction. They're actually someone that needs Jesus. What if rather than viewing people, there's no way they want to follow God. What if we actually viewed them that they're hungry, whether they know it or not, and you have the food to feed them. Like, so he rewires the way we view life. So all of a sudden my job isn't about a paycheck. It's about a mission field. Also, my schooling is no longer about a grade. It's about a mission field. Also, my neighborhood is no longer about status and what we have and who's doing what and gossip. It's a mission field. Also, having kids is not about making myself feel good, having another human being to like, you know, love and hopefully they love me unconditionally and all these kind of human reasons. But now my kids are a mission field. It's not about sports and whether they got the hit or didn't get the hit or about what they're going. It's about a mission field. But then the Holy Spirit does come and he moves. Remember, the book of Acts is not necessarily about just the acts of the church and people. It's not. It's the acts of the Holy Spirit moving through people. So the book of Acts is about the Holy Spirit and how he works, how he thinks, how he interacts. The Holy Spirit's not an it. It's not a force. It's not Star Wars. Holy Spirit has feelings. We can actually grieve the Holy Spirit. We can make the Holy Spirit stoked tomorrow. Or he's like, yeah, he's pumped, right? So the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, detail Jesus so we can understand Jesus so we don't misinterpret who he is. The book of Acts helps us not to misinterpret what the Holy Spirit does and who he is. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Here we go. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. 
So where we're at in Acts chapter 2, just so you know, is Jesus hung around for about 40 days after the resurrection. Some of us don't know that, but he, this is why it's not a farce. If you're going to make up being the son of God, like I died and rose again, then you're going to go into hiding. So nobody sees you because you're making something up, right? You're not going to, but Jesus is like, here I am. And it said hundreds and hundreds of people saw him. He made it known. So for a month, the resurrected Jesus walking around. Isn't that crazy? And so teaching, interacting, preparing the disciples for the next phase. So he did that. And then when he talked to the disciples saying, hey, wait for the Holy Spirit, we know that's about 10 days. Why do we know this? Because Pentecost, just so you know, is an Old Testament festival called the Festival of Weeks. You can find Leviticus, I believe. Leviticus, just read the whole book. It's somewhere in there. So um, I think it's in 20, 21 or 22 or maybe 23 or 24. So, uh, but it talks about Leviticus is where uh, the Israelites in the Old Testament, they're forming a nation. So God brings them out of Egypt and then he's giving them all kinds of like laws and things to do. And he tells them, I want you guys to learn how to party because you've been slaves. You don't know how to party. Like God wants you to learn how to party, learn how to rest, learn how to relax, learn how to enjoy some food, enjoy some drinks. Don't go crazy, but enjoy it. I've given it to you. And we're the same way our culture works, right? No days off, keep going, more money, more things. God's like, no, as Christians, we should really learn how to chill. Relax, enjoy relationships, enjoy God. Take account of what's going on in life. Be thankful, things like that. That's what Sunday, uh, hopefully, is really about part of that for you. But he also had these festivals where they learned to party for days on end. And, and uh, usually it, it went with the agrarian society. And so um, this was in late spring, early summer. And so uh, every year, 50 days after um, Passover, uh, they would celebrate because that's when they harvested uh, most of their crops. And so they could give it as an offering to God. This is the Old Testament. This is what happens. So when he says, wait for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit timed it for Pentecost. Why? Because 50 days after Passover, that's when people from around the world gathered there to do all of their offerings. I want you to understand something that our God is an opportunistic God. He's always got a plan brewing. He doesn't tell you. He just says, trust me. But he's always got a plan brewing. That kind of rewires us for missions. Do you realize that this week God has a, a plan in people's lives? You don't know it, but you're a part of it. So just trust him in the process. He didn't tell him what was going to happen. You notice that? You notice he was like, hey, in 10 days on Pentecost, Holy Spirit's going to come. Crazy things are going to happen. Let me tell you about it. Don't say that. He's like, hey, just pray. And you'll know when it goes down. Access Church, if we're going to reach people for Jesus, people that are disconnected, we got to be prayerful. We got to be watchful, but we can't always predict how the Holy Spirit's going to do it. But you'll know when it goes down. You'll know when it's like, oh, God, things happening. And are you ready? Have you been praying? Have you taken account of your heart? Do you have the courage? Do you have the boldness? Do you have the words of God in you? I'm locked and loaded. Let's go. Right? So he said, prepare. Because when it happens, you're not going to know how, but you'll know when. And so the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost. All kinds of people are there. And God's like, oh, I love an audience. Let's do this. So that's what Pentecost is. Just so you know, it's an Old Testament festival. When it came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. 
By the way, Christian movies should not be lame. If you've ever read the Bible, we should be on the cutting edge of sci-fi crazy like movie. Like when you read the Bible, it's like, can you imagine this? But not in a cheesy Christian movie, like in a legit, like we got some money behind it. It's, it's, this is nuts. This is crazy. And it says that the tongues of fire that separated came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem. Uh, now they're staying in Jerusalem where God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Why? Because of Pentecost festival, right? They came every year. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? And by the, back then, there wasn't a lot of like, you kind of stayed where you're at. You didn't like travel the world and all that kind of stuff. So they're like, these guys are from around here. How are they speaking our language? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. When the Spirit of God moves in you, moves through you, just so you know, it's going to um, uh, elicit a lot of different responses from people, and you, we have to get, be okay with that. Because some of the things that God does through you are going to cause people to wrestle with questions. Some of the things God does through you, people are going to question you. And that's not yours to fight. You just go with it. And so that's normal. Sometimes we get hung up on, I don't want to reach people because they might say no, or they might make fun of me, or they might do that. That's not yours to worry about. And so we see that when God moves, not everybody's in awe of God. There's some people that are going to mock it. They're going to mock a movement of God. That's okay. You just keep moving forward. Because those people that are wrestling with questions, they've got to, they've got to do something inside their hearts. And so sometimes when God moves through you, things don't happen immediately. People need to just sit on it. Like, what, was, what just happened? Sometimes we want a quick response, right? God does something, and that day we want to, no, 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 let people wrestle with something. The way you live your life should cause them to tilt their head a little bit. They're like, what's going on? The way you speak, or maybe something happens, and you're, it's okay. From there, it says then, we jump to verse 14 from, um, uh, from there, and it says, then Peter stood up with the eleven raised his voice and addressed the crowd. He saw an opportunity. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. We're not going to go through the whole thing, um, but Peter did two things then, and you can read it this week. I encourage you to reread Acts chapter 2. In fact, if you're in a connection group, it's part of your assignment is to just reread it and see what God, how he speaks to you. But Peter does two things when he addresses the crowd. He shares God's word. He shares two Old, Old Testament passages. So he has the word of God ready to share, but he also shares his personal experience. When we interact with people, we need two things. We need to be able to share God's word, but also our personal experience. Both those things matter. And so in advance, you want to have a piece of God's word that you're just... You don't have to know the whole thing, but do you have a verse? Do you have something that it would encourage someone, that it's kind of ready to go? And so he had both those things. Now, notice that he knew his audience. 
He knew his audience. Who were, who were his audience? Who were they? They were Jewish people. Jewish people studied what the older New Testament back then. Old, because there was no New Testament. All right, all right, we're on the same page with that, right? And they believed everything, the Old Testament, right? The words, they really believed that. So he was smart. What did he do? He used two Old Testament passages. Know your audience. If you're talking to someone, drawing them in, they have no church experience, don't go on about the Old Testament because you're going to be like, oh, what are you talking about? You know, they used to sacrifice rams and they cut their head off and blood would splurt and they did that Passover and they're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to your church. You guys are, right? If someone has church background, what kind of church background? Maybe I, right? Know your audience. Peter knew his audience. I can throw some Old Testament passages and they're going to have to wrestle with it. But also share your personal experience. Now here's what some of us have to wrestle with. We desperately want others to know God, but we have no story of knowing God ourselves. And this is why I encourage you not to go on mission yet. <laughs> Let God work in you. If you have no testimony to share of how God's love has impacted you, you have no concept of the death and resurrection uh, of Jesus and how that impacts you and his love for you, you probably need to wrestle with that first. You might be pre-Pentecost right now where you just Jesus says to you, just sit with me and pray and make sure that salvation has really hit you. Because once it does hit you, then you're able to share your story. Now, when we talk about sharing our personal story, some of us that group in youth groups, what did youth groups always do? Who did they bring in to share stories to bring the youth to Christ? The craziest stories ever, right? They found someone that like murdered 10 people, snorted coke for 10 years, you know, and they're like, and I was on the street and then an angel came and I'm like, what, Jesus, are you? And this and that. And, and, people, and kids are crying. They got the chills, right? It's always those massive stories. And those of us that never snorted coke, we never murdered anyone, we're like, I have no story, right? <laughs> I grew up in a Christian home. I, you know, this, and no, everybody has a story. I want to encourage you with this, that the story of the person that killed a bunch of people, that's going to reach certain people, but it's not going to reach others. There's going to be certain people like, yeah, I just don't identify with you, bro. They need to hear the vanilla story. They need to hear the chocolate. They need a little strawberry. So don't discount your story because it's going to reach someone just so you know. Your, your story matters. But my question is, do you have a story? And some of us are like, I don't. So you might want to have a story because that's going to be part of reaching people. Now, some of you do have a story, but you haven't thought it through. Can you communicate it? What impacted you? Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For it is by grace you are saved through faith. It's not from yourself so that no one can boast. It's a gift of God. But we are God's workmanship, creating Christ Jesus to do good things. And so with my journey, I kind of grew up in church, but I had to believe it on my own. And so I studied philosophy and world religions, and what I found is that a lot of men and women spoke for God. But when I read about Jesus, it was God speaking for God. And I don't want to hear another man or woman. And so God spoke directly to the world. He spoke directly to me. And I believe that he lived and that he conquered death. And that I have no righteousness in me. But through the forgiveness of sins, that now his spirit is in me. Changing an unrighteous man and making him righteous. And so I have a new purpose. And so I want others to know God's love the way I've experienced God's love.
What do you think when you hear that? That might be how I talk to someone. What questions do you have? Does that make sense? Or, and especially if I know someone has a scientific background. Oh, you want to debate the validity of the resurrection? Let's go. But if they're not, they could care less. Why would I debate them? Know your audience. Do we know if the people we're trying to reach have already been to church, but they've been hurt by church? There's a scandal. There's immorality. There's hypocrisy. Mismanaged money. And you're debating them about the validity of the New Testament? They have wounds. Yeah, part of my journeys, uh, my journeys, I saw some hypocrisy. My youth pastor cheated on his wife. How did you journey back? How did you trust a church again? Let's talk about it. Know your audience, right? So Peter shared God's word. He shared his story. If you're taking notes, those are the two things you got to have, got to work on. So he does, he does this, and then in verse 36, we're going to jump down. He says, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Woo! One of the things he did is he spoke truth. If you're going to share the love of God, make sure you share the truth of God. Because the truth without love, it's a lie. Oh, we're all just good people and God just loves us and has the best plans for us. That's not the gospel. You just lied to them. We are all sinners. Even the nicest person in this room that you look at and go, they can never sin. Look how nice they are. Look how nice dressed they are. And they're so sweet. And that. No, inside we are selfish. And sin is simply this. I want to do what I want, not what you want, God. That's it. And we all do it at different levels. Some of us are super, super good at it. Some of us are so-so with it, but we all practice and dabble in it, right? And so the truth, he's like, you, you killed Jesus. Remember, this was only how many days after the death of Jesus? Remember? About 50 days. They were around, most of them. Isn't this crazy? He's connecting the dots. And so he says, listen, you, you did it. But when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? I'm sure Peter at this point, like he's preaching, but he's probably like, they're not hearing anything. And it's probably surprised when like, what shall we do? Like, whoa, we went from being mocked to now all of a sudden they're saying, what do we do with this? He goes on to say, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Notice he doesn't say pray a prayer right now. Just, just pray and say, thank you for your love, God. No. What is the heart of the gospel? How do people go from being in bondage to their flesh and to Satan and to being a servant and a child of God? How does that transaction happen? Really easy. Repent. Change your mind. Repent means change your mind. Do it differently now. Literally walk up and say, I'm living for Jesus. You can do a long prayer with that. You can do a short prayer. You can get the chills. You could have no chills. You could cry. You could not cry. Sometimes we, we, see, we do the emotive thing, right? It's like, I don't know if I'm a Christian because I didn't get the chills and like, you know, cry and like, oh, and a dove come down and land on my shoulder and go, ah, well, that's not a dove. I don't know what doves do, but you know, what do doves do? I guess that's what Prince was asking. Doves cry, right? Yeah, I don't know. So, whoo, that's it. All right, there we go. That's an owl though. That's weird. All right, we're off topic. Don't distract me anymore. All right, so he says, simply repent and be baptized. That's why we do baptisms here, just so you know. 
because it shows that I've changed. And if I'm embarrassed to go underwater and come back up in front of my family and church, then I've got other things to work through. Rather than saying, yes, as Jesus died and rose again, I'd love to die to myself and rise again. If you've never been there, or if you're on a journey right now, where you're like, how do I know? It's simple. You say, I choose you rather than me. That's it. It's literally a decision. Now, if you want to, I encourage you to talk to God. You can thank him, but make sure you understand it's repenting of your lifestyle and your mindset and your ways of doing things. It's not just don't cuss anymore. Don't do drugs anymore. Don't do, like we, we limit to these certain sins. No, it's completely changing. Life's about me. It's about him. And from there, you have eternal life. You might get the chills. You might get, great. Might not, doesn't matter. But from there, repent and be baptized. If you would love to do that, we bring in this amazing, super expensive horse trough. We spend a lot of money on it. And if you get dunked in a horse trough and come back up, you are definitely a Christian, right? It's kind of like the communion we give. We have the cheapest communion in the world. If you take communion, you are really committed to Jesus. No doubt about it, right? It's nasty, but hey, it's the heart that matters. He says, from this, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Understand this. Once you make that decision in your heart, the Holy Spirit is given to you as a gift from God. He is God, and so God no longer is around you. God is now in you. So whatever you go through, he is working in you, and he is in you. God gives a piece of himself. Aren't those the best gifts? You can get the most expensive gift, but if no one thought about it, they just clicked it on Amazon and said, happy birthday. But they can make the cheapest, but if it's a handmade thing or this is something I worked on, they gave them a piece of what? Them selves to you. And Jesus says, I want you to understand how much I love you. I just die and rise again. I'm going to give you a piece of myself as a guarantee that you will never walk this earth alone, no matter what you go through. We're just seeing the gospel here. That's promises for you and your children and for all who are far, far off, for all whom the Lord will call. Circle it, underline that. It's the Lord who calls people, you don't call people. You just respond to the people he's already called. This takes away outreach and like, oh my God, you know, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? Relax. God's gonna call someone. They're gonna be hungry for him. And all you do is simply feed them the gospel. What do I feed them? Give them one verse and give them one story about yourself and then shut up from there, right? You know, it's like, don't try to feed them everything. Oh my God, let me tell you about when I was born and my whole experience with grandma. No, 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 too much. Just feed them a little food and then just smile and look at them and let them talk, right? But you're feeding those who are hungry, not trying to shove down food people that don't want it. With many words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accept this message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number. <laughs> Was that a dove? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, all right. we're, we're celebrating that. They weren't a part of Access, but we'll still celebrate it. All right. It's a cool church. Reaching people for Jesus through the Holy Spirit. I just want to hit a few things here. I'd love for you to mull on it this week. Um, if you're in connection groups, make sure you're prepared. Have those questions answered. Um, because I'm gonna challenge you have a challenge this week. So just be aware of that. Um, but let's take a look at Acts chapter two because when I've heard sermons on Acts chapter two, what do we tend to focus on? What's the whole sermon on? 
tongues. And we can go two different ways with this. There's some they're called cessationists, right? That it, it, it ceases. Well, that was back then, but God doesn't move that way now. The problem with the cessationists, right? The gifts of the Spirit, only certain ones, not other ones. Here's what's crazy. You're saying a supernatural God all of a sudden's like, I'm not supernatural anymore. Like, I only wanted to do that for a little bit, and I'm tired. That's exhausting, right? It doesn't, and we have no biblical evidence. There's no verse that literally is like, and the Spirit's done doing crazy things, right? Cessationism usually comes from our fear, though, where some of us have grown up and churches have abused the gifts of the Spirit. That's really what's happened. We've seen it abused. People go crazy. You got people that are, um, it doesn't edify the church, so they act in a way. They start rolling around doing crazy things. And, and the Bible is really clear. It says the gifts of the Spirit always edify others. It builds them up. So if someone's doing something and it's to cause a show or to take the, their eyes off Jesus or it doesn't edify, begins to not encourage, you might want to stop it. But every environment's different. That's why it's going to work out in different places and different churches. Because someone doing something in the spirit in one church, it might actually edify that church and maybe their environment or where they're from, they like it. You go to other churches and they don't. I've seen this as far as evangelism. In Africa, they tend to be more expressive. They will do things as far as when they, they, their joy will almost feel awkward to us as Americans. And they'll call it laughing in the spirit or just the joy of the spirit and things like that. But what we know is people from European communities tend to be more reserved. So I might participate with Africans different than I do Europeans. Why? Because if it doesn't edify the church and they get distracted and they're feeling weird, so I might do one thing and allow the spirit to move in one way here and might move in another way. This is where we got to be careful where we judge as churches, right? Well, is this of the spirit? Is that of the spirit? Here's my simple question. Did it build the church or did it distract from Jesus? If the name of Jesus is not being glorified, then that wasn't of the Spirit. The Bible's clear. The Holy Spirit's job is not to make a show. It's to show Jesus, saying Jesus is good. So just so you know, I just want to explain those, those, those camps, but we also can't deny some freaky things happen. And as you guys probably shared in your groups, supernatural things do happen. How can you expect a God who spoke the universe into existence, who says he loves us, to then not do supernatural things. What we gotta be careful of is some of us might think then the supernatural should be the norm, and it's not. Let me encourage you with this. This is the only time in scripture we see this happen. We don't see in chapter four, it's like, and the tongues came back again, right? <laughs> Something supernatural things in your life will be one time and that's okay. Don't chase the supernatural, follow Jesus. And the supernatural will happen. Nobody wants to be around someone trying to force the supernatural. It's of the spirit, but also don't deny it when it happens. In our church, we've had women who the doctors say, you cannot have a baby. We've prayed over them and they have babies. Can't explain it. We've had people have demonic experiences where literally they felt like demons were trying to suppress them or kill them who are alive and who spoke the name of Jesus. We've had people that should have died and God saved them and they're alive supernaturally. I'm not going to explain it away. If that freaks you out, you got a bigger issue. Our whole faith is built on that we believe a man died and rose again. Rose again. So you got bigger issues. God doesn't work in supernatural ways, but I'm going to worship a dead and resurrected God. You just believe in something very supernatural, right? 
You see what I'm saying? But we're also not going to worship the supernatural. We're going to worship Jesus. Point number one is this out of today. Because it's not about the tongues. It's about the movement of the Spirit. And how does the Spirit move? By getting people to repent and be baptized. That's the, the whole story is this. Is that 3,000 people accepted Jesus. Why are we doing sermons on tongues and breaking it down? And what is the Hebrew? And where does it come? Like, we just missed the whole point. <laughs> 3,000 people were going to die, and now they live forever. That's the story. That's what we celebrate. And the Spirit will move in different ways in order to make that happen. The Spirit felt like that day, you know what? It's going to get crazy in here because <laughs> I'm going to rattle those Jewish people up. Why? Because they have no comprehension of the supernatural. So he's like, I'm going to rattle them up, but then I'm going to bring in the closer. And the closer is always the gospel. It's not the supernatural. The closer is the gospel. So point number one is this. God's power gets people's attention, but it's his love that changes them. Real important. God's power gets the attention of people, but it's his love that changes them. So don't fall in love with the supernatural thinking that's going to change people. Let me remind you of this. The craziest supernatural thing happened where Jesus died and rose again and then walked with wounds for 40 days. If anyone is going to change people, it's going to be Jesus rising and being like, yeah, touch me. Like thousands upon thousands, their lives should have changed. But when Jesus went up to heaven, how many people were left? 120. Why? Because people will dismiss miracles. They'll make excuses. They'll blow it off. 120. That means people saw Jesus and they're like, eh, that's okay, and went back to their farms. What changes people? That God loves them. God's love is what changes people. The power just gets the attention. So when you see God's supernatural power at work, just so you know, it's to draw attention so that your heart is ready for the gospel. Chase a relationship with God, not the miracles of God. They will just happen as you chase Jesus. I hope this comforts some of you guys. Because I know when I brought up the supernatural today, you're like, oh, where is this going to go? Just calm us, but also unite us. Because some of us have different views of the supernatural. Let's unite. Let's chase Jesus. But acknowledging when you chase him, some freaky things are going to happen. We see the importance of this just so you know. In Acts chapter 8, if you want to read that story, it, it, it kind of shows this where, this is where I got the words from too. I'm not trying to make this up. In, in Acts chapter 8, we see Philip, who was one of the disciples. God kind of uses him in an area, in a certain location, Samaria. And um, it says that the, the miracles of Philip then helped to give attention to his words. He was doing miracles and healing people but he'd do that just to draw attention so he could give the gospel. The power of God, right, gets people's attention, but they need to hear the love of God, not just see the power of God. They need to hear the love of God, not just see the power of God, because that's what matters. They're forgiven. He loves you, and he wants to walk with you forever and know you forever, and he doesn't want death to ever be a worry for you. 
So as you get older, you don't have to stress out, try to take vitamins and eat a lot of blueberries and try to live forever here. You can pass here being like, I'm going to miss you all. But I'm super stoked to see Jesus. So I'll see you later. It's not a goodbye. It's I'll see you later. So we see that in Acts. We also see in Acts where this man named Simon became enamored with power and the power of the apostles. He actually, it says, got baptized, but then tried to pay money as far as like, hey, I'm going to pay you some money. Can you give me the Holy Spirit so I can do the miracles you did? You should see the response of Peter. He calls him wicked. That's just part of it. And he says, you need to search your heart because you have no part of this ministry. Why? He was chasing miracles, not Jesus. Acts chapter eight, it's a great theology for you to understand how this all works um, together. The second thing I wanna uh, uh, encourage you with is this. Be ready and watch for outreach opportunities. Be ready and watch for outreach opportunities. Have your story ready. Some of us, we might think, well, God hasn't really used me. And I wonder if he hasn't used you because you haven't prepared yourself, right? It's like, a, it's like playing on a team, a football team or a baseball team. You never go to practice. You never think about it. You never, and then you wonder why the coach doesn't play you. It's like, bro, you're not even wearing the uniform. Like, why don't you practice? And then I can use you in the game. Do you know your story? Do you know how God's love impacted you? Do you know when you decided to follow Jesus? If you're ready, here's what's crazy, you guys. You get ready this week, you're gonna be freaked out by how many opportunities you have. You're almost gonna be like, God, slow down. I believe many of us, there's hungry people walking right by us, but we have no food for them because we haven't thought about it. Because we're so worried about our bills, our grades, our looks, our friendships, social media, politics. And what Satan has done is he's not destroying you, but he's distracted you from the mission of God. And he doesn't care if he has to destroy you or he distracts you, but we become then inept and unable to fulfill the mission of God. Try it this week. Have your Bible verse, have your story. This is why 1 Peter 3 says this, in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks. What's the key part there? Not an answer. Everyone focuses on the answer if they ask. Good job, Bethany. Sometimes we give answers to people and they haven't asked us. And now you're annoying them. You're not reaching them for Jesus. You're annoying them to Jesus. So they're saying, listen, there's, there's proactive things we can do with missions. But a lot of times when it comes to outreach, just be reactive. Be ready. Let God show opportunities. Watch for miracles because people's attention, they get attention and then bring in the gospel when their attention is on the miracles. But he says, be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks to give a reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Do this with gentleness and respect. And the last point is this. Focus on the hungry, not the haters. Focus on the hungry, not the haters. I know I had to do a little wordplay there. It's fun. I had time this week. Focus on the hungry, not the haters. Notice that the disciples did not try to debate those that thought they were drunk and get distracted and, and talk about drunkenness. There's going to be people that mock you. There's going to be people that, that, that um, mock God. That's okay. But within that crowd of mockers, there's usually one or two that are hungry. And usually the mockers get all the glory, right? We see that on social media. I always like when they're like, Twitter erupts. First of all, Twitter's not a 
person. I don't know who Twitter is, right? And what is it? It's like five people that posted. And 95 were like, ah, I really don't care that much. Twitter erupts, right? But sometimes it's the mockers that, but there's the people that are hungry and they need to hear from you or see you. And what do we do? We get wrapped up with people that are, might not like us or might be coming against us. And also we lose our focus. So focus on people who are hungry. Focus on people that have questions. Focus on people maybe that are like, you know what, tell me more. Focus on people maybe that aren't combative. And if they're combative, let them just go their way. Sometimes we just sit there and fight and we don't need to be in a fight if someone is not hungry. And then as you feed them, feed them in a way that they can understand. Just like I said before, um, he had a captive audience with the Jewish people, so he explained the Old Testament. Know your audience. When I'm meeting with someone that's a little more engineering, scientific mindset, I might use those kinds of words or give illustrations. Um, jiu-jitsu has been a great outreach for me as I get to roll and meet different people and things like that. I will use jujitsu to show who God is. He's the black belt. You're the white belt. They understand that. Well, what does he require? Well, what does someone who is a black belt in jujitsu require? They require that you listen to him, that you stay humble, that you practice. In jujitsu, you really have to learn things. You don't just feel things, right? And so know your audience, speak their language, and then let God's words move from there. 1 Thessalonians 2 through 3 and 4 say this, For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives. We are not trying to trick you, Paul says. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God. God's going to ask you to do some things, or you might be a part of things. It's a little bit scary. I'm sure Peter was like, here we go. This could really bomb. This is the first time. Like, this could go badly. And when it goes badly back then, just, you know, they, they stone you and kill you. We're going to read about those stories in a little bit. But that's faith. And here's the thing. We'll never move forward if we fear people more than we love God. We'll never move forward. And if God is in you, who can be against you? Why do we fear their words or even their actions? We're going to see that in the rest of the book of Acts. The worship team's going to come up. And I just encourage you to take time to, Maybe for some of us, we're thinking through, what is my story and do I have a story and have I repented and been baptized in Christ? And just letting the love of God just wash over you as we sing these songs. For others of you, I hope that worship really encourages you. It's kind of a, a marching anthem that we take these words that we sing about and we really move out with the expectation that God's going to give us supernatural opportunities. But don't focus on the supernatural. Use those opportunities to share the good news of Jesus and how he can change people's lives. Uh, I also want to encourage you, um, uh, we have people that would love to pray for you. Maybe there's some fears you have. Maybe there's some burdens you're coming with today. Um, we would love to just be able to pray for you. And so, um, John, who's with you today? Oh, we got three. Okay. So, um, oh, we got four. And so where are you guys going to be? In the back somewhere? You're going to be over there. All right, so my left and the right. So if you need prayer for anything, they would love to be able to pray for you. And so, um, and then we're gonna take communion. And communion just reminds us of the supernatural act of God, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And we believe both in the love of God and we believe in the power of God. 
And when we have those two things, God is unstoppable in our lives and the lives of others. So let me pray and let's just enter into a time of worship. Jesus, thank you so much. God, we need both these things. I think some of us live life and we don't see any supernatural things ever happen. And it's not going to happen every day, but how can we go years without the God of the universe not doing something crazy? God, give us eyes to see. For some of us, we just need to see your power to remember that you are strong and you are engaged and you are involved and you're doing things beyond the laws of nature and reason and logic. But God, I also pray that we bring in that love behind that power. Because nobody can follow God if he's super powerful, but he's super scary. And we don't know that he absolutely loves us. He loves us so much that he laid his life down. And he also loves us so much that he gives a piece of himself to us. God, I pray for opportunities this week for us to impact others. May we be surprised and encouraged by the way you use us to reach people who are disconnected from you that you absolutely love. We worship you now in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information or to get in contact with our pastoral staff, please go to go to accesschurch.com. 